Go ahead. Okay. Welcome. Good morning. Welcome to Vision for You. Sorry, good morning. And welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melissa C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And today is Friday, October 23rd, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are on, in the Big Book, we are on page 12, the sixth paragraph, The Real Significance, and we'll be reading one paragraph only. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Nosa J. For the 12 Traditions, Stacey H. Readers of the text, we Pete B., Susan H., and Tenzin P. The reference numbers for yesterday, uh, Thursday, October 22nd, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, was 15601. That's 15601. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 15603. That's 15603. Okay. Overeaters uh, Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Nosa J to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Nosa. Good morning, everyone. This is Nosa J, Recover Compulsive Overeater, and this is the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. Twelve, had a, having had a spiritual awakening as a re- result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you all for your service. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Uh, thank you so much, Nosa J. I will now ask Stacy H. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Stacy. Good morning. This is Stacy H. in Virginia, and these are our 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, two for a group purpose, there is one, but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public, public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for allowing me to do service. Uh, Thank you so much, Stacey. Okay, Um, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. And if you go over, you'll hear my little timer giving you a reminder. Um, Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted.
So today we resume our study of the big book, and we are on page 12, the sixth paragraph, The Real Significance, and we'll be reading one paragraph only. And I'm going to ask Pete B. to begin reading. Good morning, Pete. Good morning, Melissa. Thanks. Uh, thanks for taking the meeting. I really appreciate it. So my name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I'm in Pennsylvania. The real significance of my experience in the, in the cathedral burst upon me. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. There had been a humble willingness to have him with me, and he came. But soon, the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, mostly those within myself. And so it had been ever since how blind I had been. So this is uh, uh, interesting to me um, because, you know, as we read this, and I'm no, you know, I'm no big book detective, fact checker, you know, researcher, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a, you know, recovered compulsive overeater by God's grace and mercy doing this thing the best I can one day at a time. So I don't want to claim to be, you know, have any more information than anybody else. But it, it just, it's odd to me because, you know, here we have Bill Wilson sitting at his kitchen table drinking gin with Ebby Thatcher, who's sober. And Bill's telling this story about how after this conversation, while he's drinking, he suddenly realizes that he needed God. He was, he was driven to a state of reasonableness, but he's drinking. He's still drinking. And, you know, that's, that's a sign to me that, you know, there, there is a, um, while we're dealing with uh, a very, very um, deadly, and, and I didn't put my timer on, just, so just I, I meant to, but I forgot to, so if you can, if you could uh, let me know when my time's up, that would be great. So in any case, he's drinking, but he, he realizes, he comes to the conclusion, drunk, I'm sure he was, it wasn't his first drink of gin, that he needed and wanted God. And there he uh, asked and felt God enter his life and perhaps provide a moment of clarity. Now, it doesn't say that he stopped drinking, so I'm assuming he did. Uh, the next chapter, he say, it says that he, uh, he went to the hospital at some point, and there he was separated from alcohol from the last time. But I won't, I won't spoil Monday's reading. Um, so this, so w- what I, what, what I take away from this is this: is that, and I shared this yesterday in the second hour, is that um, we all, all of us, I think, to a certain degree, who have this spiritual experience. We have it and we're convinced of it. And I don't think that there's anybody that can talk us out of it. We, we can find, you know, just turn on the news or read the paper or go on the internet. We'll find a million reasons and, and evidence that they're, you know, that, that, that the presence of God is questionable. And, and we can find a million reasons to question our relationship with a God. Um, and um, what, what I know for sure and nobody could ever talk me out of is that the grace of God, the grace and mercy of, of God entered my life when I was humble enough and desperate enough to seek her. And 
that was a significant experience. And the, 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 the longer that I continue to nurture and develop the, the, this relationship that is necessary to, to, to keep going, the more, the more is revealed. Like what I knew about the God of my understanding yesterday is, or last year is different from what I know about the God of my understanding this year. And what I, what, what I realized when I, when I read all this, when, when it says that I can select the God of my understanding, that means that I get to define the parameters, right? Like I could, if, I, if I'm having concerns about you know, worldly clamors and, and things of that nature that are challenging my trust and my belief, I can just change the parameters of the God of my understanding. I can make her bigger than she has to be, right? Like what I know is that, you know, I used to, my, my biggest problem with the relationship with the God of my understanding is that I, I assign human qualities and human characteristics to this God. Like if I serve you, God, you'll reward me, God. If I don't serve you, God, you'll punish me, God. That's, that's not the understanding of the, that's not the God of my understanding. I have, I have a relationship with the creator that is all loving, all inclusive, never exclusive. There's no punishment. God didn't love me now that I'm skinny any more than he loved me when I was fat. He didn't, he didn't, you know, he, he didn't judge me when I was drinking and, you know, think it's better now that I'm not. This is, the, this is all inclusive. All I had to do was open my mind open my heart and ask. And what I know for sure is that God will do and does do for me what I cannot do for myself. And what I also know for sure is that God will never do for me what I can do for myself. I have been graced with gifts and skills and qualities and characteristics that are unique to me, and it's my job to use them. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks. Thank you, Pete. Thanks so much. Okay. So, um, Thank you for getting us started. And before I open up the lines for sharing, I want to remind us all that although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your share to every third day. So today is Friday, um, and if you've shared on Wednesday and Thursday, we ask that you just, you know, hang back, refrain, so that others might share their experience too. And with that, I will start taking names. Who would like to share? Linda F. Kathy C. Linda D, Craig F, Cheryl A, Kathy, I'm sorry, what was Kathy, and then Kathy C, Kathy, uh, Kathy C, and after Kathy, Karen G, Karen G, there's someone I missed that came in and I, Cheryl A, Cheryl, thank you, sorry, Cheryl, Cheryl A, Okay, so I have Linda D, Craig F, Kathy C, Karen G, Cheryl A. Did I miss someone there? Got room for another. Melissa G. Devora S. And Devora S. Awesome. All right, so let's, um, that'll be our lineup to start with. It's Linda D, Craig F, Kathy C, Karen G, Cheryl A. Melissa G and Devora S. So, Linda D, you can um, get started. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Melissa. It's Linda D in Connecticut. Hi, everybody. Boy, I'm relieved to be with all of you. It keeps my compass set in the right direction. 
And um, I was really uh, moved by uh, the paragraph because I can identify with that paragraph every single day. I wake up and there are worldly clamors and they're yakking their butts off in my head. Do this, do that, think about this, worry about that. Life is this, it's terrifying, but there's a lot of terrifying stuff going on. Putting that aside is the point. When we finish the meeting each time, we read that God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. I take that very literally because that is what happens to me. As long as I calm down and quiet down, I mean way down, and I look at my hands, literally my hands, and say that my life is in my hands or, the, or it's in your hands. Either I'm in charge or you're in charge. And I know if you're in charge, it works. And then I shut up as best I can and listen. And I literally ask, what do you want me to do next? I know God is real. I know God is within me. And all those directions are in the book. And it also says in the book that somewhere in there that God is infinite. God is infinite. That means I don't know what I'm going to be asked to do, think, or feel. It's always good. And I'm going to fight it some of the time because I don't see, you know, I don't see the point of that. There's always a point of that. And it always ends up in the same place. I have to walk through fears into love. I have to be taught how to love. That is what life is about. And that is what God is about. And with that, I pass. Well, thank you. Thanks so much, Linda D. Okay. Next up is Craig F. And Craig will be followed by Kathy C. Good morning, Craig. Good morning. How are you this morning? Um, thank you. Um, my name is Craig F. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, what a what a great paragraph. Um, I, the for me the whole reason this paragraph is here, the thing that I get from it is that he's comparing uh, and contrasting this idea that he had a spiritual experience when he was in the cathedral um, but nothing really came of it uh, you know the real significance of the experience finally burst on him but you know there had been years in between where um, it, it hadn't had an effect on his life um, I I had I had a lot of spiritual experiences um, I, I've had them before program in program but they never really uh they never really had a life altering effect or that would uh get me to the point where I could uh maintain anything like continuous abstinence um what was the difference you know what was the difference was it just the strength of the experience was it just him making a choice you know for me the difference is that that he set to work after this um, uh, after this experience that you know it wasn't all successful and it wasn't all um, you know uh, flower line pathways but 
he set to work and uh, he 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 worked on enlar- enlarging his spiritual life. Um, you know, he learned that in order to to uh, keep this, he's going to have to give it away. He started working with others not not long after this, and uh, he started trying to carry the message to other to other alcoholics. And uh, you know, when we talk about uh, working and expanding our our spiritual life, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about carrying this message. You know, I. I've had uh, periods and I've had sponsees and I've seen people who do volumes of very detailed, uh, very insightful uh, writings and they and they uh, spend a lot of time uh, when a, something comes up in their life analyzing it and fractalizing it and and uh, uh, and I think they miss the point. You know, these these uh, um, uh, stresses in life, these fractures in life, they're they're given to us as an opportunity to expand and enlarge our spiritual life. A chance, another. I, I use a nasty word there. Another learning experience. You know, another darn learning experience. And and that's the that is. The point of life. That's the point of the setbacks of life, is they teach us how to rely on God. You know, somebody's there's popular to say <coughs> that God will never give you something you can't handle, and I happen to think that's bullshit. I think God gives us things we can't handle on our own every day. Right. Thank you, but He never gives us anything that we can't turn over to Him, and and He handles with us. And, and, and that's the growth of my spiritual experience. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. That was really... Thank you. <laughs> uh, next up is Kathy C., and Kathy will be followed by Karen G. Good morning, Kathy. Press star one, Kathy. Thank you, and good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you, Melissa. Um, my name is Kathy C., and I am Hold on, a there conference. is someone still. Hold on, there is someone still unmuted. Just if someone could check, maybe Clark might be unmuted. Okay, go ahead, Kathy. Thank you. Um, yeah, so the sentence here, uh, for a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. This, this was me when I first came to OA, you know, um, they were telling me, well, you know, it's it's a it's a program of uh, spirituality. Um, God, what was 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 going to save me? Uh, so I had a willingness. I I I, I did. I I I'd seek God, um, and at moments He did come. I remember having an awakening, um, my first awakening, um, and I, I I did feel a shift. I did feel a change of heart. Uh, it was real, uh, but soon, right, the sense of his presence had been blotted out by worldly clamors, right, confusion, you know, life circumstances, things aren't going as I would have wished them to be. Um, I was blocked, right, by by those ideas, judgments, values within myself, right? I was not in accordance with what is, and that's that's a daily struggle. 
that's uh, where I find God. This is where I need God. God, show me where I am to be today. What is the truth here? I can't see, you know, how blind I have been, right? That's, I don't, I don't know what I don't know, and I can't see what I, what I can't see. So just like those clamors exist in my head, real or unreal, uh, the same thing with the higher power. I have to seek that power within myself and bring God into my everyday life, into my consciousness, so I could be awakened. Because subconsciously, worldly clamors live there. I, uh, that's, that's not a place. That's not a place. So I humble myself. I see that I am better with God. I, I can really live a life of freedom today, just today, when I am in a presence, you know, of, of all the attributes. I have my higher power uh, show me, and I continue to grow and believe. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Thank you very much for having me share. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much, Kathy C. Thank you. Uh, next up is Karen G, and Karen will be followed by Cheryl A. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, everybody. And um, Melissa, thank you very much for your service and for everyone's share. Um, it, it's really funny because I could basically just repeat the previous share. <laughs> I'm literally listening, going, okay, this is exactly the same thing that happened to me, which is also sort of the, a miracle about the fellowship and about this program, um, you know, starting with the first person, um, Pete, who shared around the paragraph, because I think what really triggered in me is kind of the beginning of coming into the program almost a year ago and, um, you know, sort of wanting, really wanting to have the spiritual experience because I had, you know, every, all other methods had failed with me. Um, and I, I, I sort of knew, at least in my head, that I was powerless over food. And um, at the same time, I'd always, you know, believed in, in God, but I never really understood what it meant to have a personal relationship with God. And I, I really remember my first um, spiritual awakening, and I was still in the food at the time. Um, and, you know, it was, I was fighting. I was working with a vision sponsor, but I was fighting um, everything and everyone, uh, thinking I knew best, I knew everything. Um, you know, really my first time going through any kind of a 12-step program and, and just sort of the, the beginning and the learning process really just starting to unfold. And, um, you know, I remember really being in that desperate state, just not being able, just having the experience of powerlessness over the food over and over again as I began to work the steps and I was still in in step one at the time, but started reading and then going back and, and, and just really not understanding fully my powerlessness, because that also is a learning process of what that really means. And, it, and I continue to learn what that really means in my daily life. So that's not even a one and done in terms of step one. But um, I do remember being so desperate and being willing and just literally for the first time speaking to God as if he were the friend in the room with me and saying, and at the time I was fighting, weighing and measuring. I didn't want to do it. I didn't think it 
you know, I could do it. And I just said, God, please give me a sign. You know, if, if this is really what you want me to do, give me a sign. And if I pick up this coffee cup and it has a measurement, because I was sitting in a hotel, I didn't have any measuring tools. And if I pick up this coffee cup and there's a measurement on it, I will measure my breakfast. And I picked up the coffee cup and there was a measurement on it. And I said, okay, thank you, God. I'm going to go measure my breakfast now. And it was just a silly practical thing that I actually, for the first time, felt that shift and felt that, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do in this moment. And yeah, the um, worldly clamors kick right back in probably the same day, I'm sure the same day. Um, and now I wake up every morning with worldly clamors um, because I'm coming out of a subconscious state that continues to have worldly clamors in them. And it is a lot of work. It's a program of action every single day throughout the day to learn how to understand my powerlessness and to bring God into the equation and asking for that help and being open to hearing it and slowing down like the other folks have shared. So um, that's my experience, but I also find that when I do it, I am in the right place to hear the right messages from, from God. Thank you, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karen G. Okay, next up, Cheryl A., and Cheryl will be followed by Melissa G. Good morning, Cheryl. Hi, Melissa. I've got something going on with my kids. I'm going to try to jump in a little later in the meeting. Sure, sure. Okay, Sounds thanks. Fine. Okay, great. Cross her out. Um, Melissa G., so you, you move on up um, if you're ready. Hi. Hi. This is Melissa G. from Michigan. Um, so I can relate with this paragraph very much. Um, I have been out in living my worst life. Um, and where it says here, blotted, blotted myself out um, by worldly clamors. Um, I have always, well, not always, but since I found God or God found me or um, I always considered myself to have a beautiful relationship. Um, but recently, as I've been out in the food, um, I started questioning, you know, whether God was real, whether God is for me, and just really struggling to the point where every day I wake up crying because I know that I know that God is real because I can I've had these cathedral experiences where I know that that was God and nobody could ever convince me of anything different. But because I was um, so full of self-hatred and depression from what I was doing to myself or letting the disease do to me, um, I started questioning, you know, God, God, do you love me? Are you here for me? Um, and so I, you know, I guess I just felt like I needed to share. This is my first time back in a couple of weeks, and um, and thankful to be here. And I just I welcome God into my life and surrender. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, Melissa J. Glad you're back. Um, next up is Devora S. And then I'll open it back up again. So, good morning, Devora. 
Hey, good morning, Melissa, and everyone on the line. This is Devara S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Thank you, everyone, who makes this meeting possible. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. I mean, how often um, I had experienced that, you know, um, going to synagogue on the high holy days and saying, okay, you know, I really feel God's presence, and then as soon as it's over, you know, a couple of days later, I'm like back into my old stuff, you know, whatever, the connection, you know, even though I spent a good part of the day there and praying and with people and feeling the presence of God, I I walked out and within a few days I was back to myself um, because I was so involved with, you know, the worldly clamors, everything that was going on, all of a sudden I was blocked from God. Um, And honestly, I didn't even know I was doing that um, until I started working this program. And, of course, the first worldly clamor I was busy with was myself. You know, we all know that, and, and you know, the food was blocking me totally. I spent days, you know, eating and binging and thinking, you know, um, you know, I, I, I living in a dark, dark pit, not able to get out of it, and, you know, um, and not... And not even realize to turn to God, not even to look to turn to God because I was so in myself, in my disease. Um, and, you know, fast forward and, you know, coming into program, you know, putting down the food. And my sponsor said to me, you know, say a prayer every morning, you know, wake up in the morning and say, God, please give me an abstinent day. Um, pray before you eat your meal. Bring God into, your, in, into this program. And that was a new concept for me. That was very, very new for me. And, you know, going through the steps and bringing God, you know, learning here in this program how God is in with me in all facets of my life. You know, I just have to say, you know, this week I don't have my telephone. My telephone got da- is damaged, and I cannot make any phone calls going in. I can I can receive. Um, I'm on a landline now. I do can't do any texting. And when it happened, I was on the phone one minute. The next minute, my phone was dead. It was was done. Um, and I said to myself, okay, God, what is it that you want from me? What is it? Like, like, and I see these last few days, my phone was my clamor, my worldly clamors, those, those interruptions between me and God, you know, because throughout the day I'm able, you know, without my phone, you know, I'm turning to God, I'm turning to God because that's, 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 that's the power that I need in my life. My phone is not my power. Um, and I am so grateful for this opportunity this week. And, you know, yeah, I'm going to get my phone back, and I'm just going to get fixed today. But, like, I'm thinking to myself, do I really want it? Do I really need all that extra stuff on my phone? Do I need all that? Because it really is a distraction. Um, And I see, you know, the biggest thing that I could do each day is to turn to God throughout the day and not be distracted by everything else. So um, let's see. I'll, I'll try it out and see what I could do without. Um, less is more, as they say. So I'm really grateful for this opportunity each day um, to reconnect with my higher power, to reconnect with God, and, um, and to live according to his will, and to practice these, these, um, these, these um, um Steps. I want to say something else, but I don't know what the word I want, what I want, but to practice these things in all my, you know, in everywhere, in every 
situation that I have in front of me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks, Tabora. Okay, so um, we are on page 12. We read the sixth paragraph, uh, the real significance. We read one paragraph only. And um, if you would like to share and you have not shared on Wednesday or Thursday, um, on the first or second hour, we invite you to share. So who would like to share? Okay, I did not hear any of that. <laughs> Sorry, C. Sorry, Carmela G. Carmela G. New York. Okay, Carmela. Someone from New York. Pauline T. Pauline T. Okay, I have Sari C, Carmela G, Pauline T. What was that? Was it Melissa P? It was. Okay, Melissa P. Martha O. Uh, was it Martha? Yes. Hi. Hey, good morning. Is that Martha O? Victoria W. Victoria W. All right, let's see where we are. All right, I have Surrey C, Carmela G, Pauline T, Melissa P, Martha O, and Victoria W. So let's, um, great, let's get started. Surrey C, good morning. Good morning. Um, I wanted to, sorry, Surrey C, um, compulsive operator from... Connecticut. Um, I just wanted to share on this paragraph and share today um, that I'm so grateful for this line. I'm grateful for this meeting. Um, I am not recovered. And I'm grateful that this line gives an opportunity for the not recovered voices. I know I will be. (laughs) I have to let God sketch out a plan for me or the path. I need to keep walking it because this this is where I belong. Um, the worldly clamors, the worldly clamor of experience in the cathedral. We get them every day. We get the messages, and yet every day it's almost painful to feel God's presence to allow to allow Him in because. And when you feel, it can hurt, and it can be so painful. And so we turn back to the food because you feel that pain. But if you allow the worldly clamors to take over, then you don't feel the love. And, And to be a person on this line who shows up ready to feel the love feel it more every day. So I just, I want to be that voice today of somebody who's still showing up, not recovered, (laughs) wishing I was yesterday, but grateful for where I am today because I'm still walking this path with all of you. And I'm so grateful for my minutes of sobriety and my minutes of honesty and, and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to starve, strive for more, (laughs) not starve, but strive for more of them every day. Um, with you on my path, you know, walking alongside. Thank you so much. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sari C. Okay, next up is Carmela G. Carmela will be followed by Pauline T. 
Good morning, Carmela. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for everyone on the line listening and sharing. The real significance. For a brief moment, I had needed and wanted God. In disease, it was for a brief moment I had used God. Today, I know the importance of God in my life. I allow myself to be open and let all that love flow in. The worldly clamors, to me that means life. Life is going to happen. Everything is going to call for my attention. I'm so egotistical and self-centered. I used to get out there and say, oh, I could fix that. I'll do that. I'll do that. No. Today, I allow life to happen. And then I ask God, What is it I need to do? Where can I be of service? What is it you want me to do today? That's the difference of being out of program and being driven by self and walking in the sunlight of the spirit and living in the steps and the design for living that God has planned for me. And the last statement, how blind I had been. I was blind. I was educated with schooling. But the blindness of myself and of my emotions and my needs and my wants, I was totally blind. And today I can see only if I continue walking the path of the steps with my higher power right alongside every single minute. And with that, thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carmela G. Okay, next up is Pauline T., and Pauline will be followed by Melissa P., Good morning, Pauline. Uh, yes, this is Pauline T. from New York. And um, I can identify with Bill's experience of God through Abby. I also can identify with that blank spot that Bill would fall into, that we all fall into. It's amazing not being able to identify that it's coming. It just occurs. I've had several months in the program, um, mostly abstinent. Three sponsors, each one of them two weeks, um, and they had to let go of me. Uh, first one, it was uh, a sense that my food plan, she was not comfortable with it. The other two, they did not have the experience or the abstinence, and they were, I believe, into the food. One of them actually told me. Uh, this recent one, I guess it's been a couple of weeks since she let go of me. Uh, I became discouraged, and I do have an OA sponsor. doesn't work, though. Um, I... I'm here. I had that blank spot yesterday. Woke up with it 
just that dead feeling. Got into the food, not big, but enough that it affected me. So I'm here today, and um, like Bill, I abstain from giving up. I even believe that all these experiences are allowed by God so that I can reach that place of clarity that God wants me to reach. So I'm not totally discouraged, but it was a a, a new discouragement today. I really felt pretty low, but not low enough that I stopped, that I didn't come here. So I'm just glad that I can always reach out and there's always someone there in the program that can lift me up. Thank you, I'll star one. Thank you. Thank you, Pauline T., for sharing. Okay, next up is Melissa P., and Melissa will be followed by Martha O. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning, Melissa. Thank you for your service this morning. Good morning, my fellows. This is Melissa P. from Buffalo, New York. You know, I uh, I read this paragraph today, and it brought me back to my life before recovery. Um, I suffered from infertility and for years tried and tried to have a baby. Um, and power and control and white-knuckle abstinence and trying to figure out all the reasons why my body was rejecting these miracles that I was pleading for. Um, And a good friend of mine who has many years of recovery sat me down the one day and talked to me about God, you know, that I was a church attender and I prayed and I, you know, for me, I thought I had this relationship with God, but I, I wasn't trusting God with this. And uh, if you know anything about infertility, it's it's a monthly round, right? Every month you get a chance. And uh, after that conversation, I remember crying in my bathroom mirror and I took a dry erase marker and I just wrote on the bathroom mirror, thy will be done. And I let go because I knew for just a brief moment, it wasn't about making my list and sending it to Santa Claus and, and hoping that I get what I want. I I had this feeling of peace in my heart that what's going to happen is what's going to happen. And and it's my story, you know, whether it hurts or it's beautiful, it's, it's all of those things. And that, that round I got pregnant and he's five today. And the biggest miracle that I've ever experienced in my life besides recovery and what happens inside these rooms, um, but unfortunately, after I gave birth to him, the, the clamors restarted, right? And I found myself, instead of saying thank you to God, filled with fear and, and worshiping the inside of a Dorito bag, you know, just blocking myself out with wrappers and bakery boxes from the sunlight of the spirit. And, you know, today I sit here before going into a chaotic work day where it's my job to bring peace. and. I'm lucky enough to sit here by this beautiful lake by my school and I'm just watching the waves come in. And that's what recovery is. That's how I bring God in. I'm not worried about what's making the waves. I'm not questioning their timing. I'm just appreciating them and remarking at how beautiful it is and what it can be if we just let things be and that we trust. 
And so every day, like the waves, I have to turn it over and, and find that sweet spot to my higher power where the rest of the world just gets quiet for a little bit and I tune in to something so big and so beautiful and so healing. You know, and so if you're sitting there today wondering if you can have that too, I'm telling you that you can. And uh, I'm just so grateful to be on this line today with all of you. And with that, I will pass. Perfect timing, Melissa P. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay, next up is Martha O. And Martha will be followed by Victoria. Good morning, Martha. Martha, press star one. I think I heard Martha there. Did I get it wrong? I thought I heard a Martha. Um, okay, so I'll... Hi, this is Martha. Sorry. I, I was talking and I... There you go. I'm not sure what happened there. I am so sorry. Thank you so much. This is good. It gives me a a new start (laughs) because I was already rambling. Um, Martha, Martha, very grateful. Recovered compulsive overeater and recovered bulimic in Vancouver, BC. Thank you so much, Melissa, for this, this beautiful meeting, for your service. And thank you, everyone, for being here and for all the shares. Um, just, I love what we're reading this whole week and today, especially. Um, I just feel like we're getting to like real time experience Bill's spiritual transformation after all that horror and chaos. And, uh, you know, the power of identification that we have going through his hell with him and now seeing what's possible. Um, and for me, this this could not have been more perfect timing. Um, I had a really, really powerful spiritual transformation doing the steps with Melissa um, earlier, right after um, coming out of a horrible relapse during COVID. And I had so many moments of just um, going, you know, I mean, I wanted and needed God. And I think the key word there is wanted. I mean, we always need God. And on some level, I think we always know we need we need God. But I don't always want God if it means whatever God has to hand me, if it's not what I want. I, I love that part in towards step three that talks about how we have we let go of our little plans and designs. My head wakes up every day full of all kinds of little plans and designs and those become the clamors and they get enveloped by the worldly clamors and that just blocks out the sunlight of the spirit. And um but just yeah, just that idea of of when God floods in, when I'm truly humbled and when that spirit of like surrender and to me that feels like just collapsing onto a giant pile of down comforters or something like just the feeling of letting go and being comforted. Um, and then God just comes in and it's like, you know, the new pair of glasses, like, or the, bl- the blindness lifting and seeing how unlimited this, this experience is and how unlimited God's power is. And I, I don't know if it's in the book or if somebody just said it, but you know, when I, when I just walk towards God, just walk, even if I'm just, slow walking god runs toward me and that that is um there's so much more there and um yeah i'm just i'm really really grateful to have read this and i know i have every tool to silence or to quiet down those worldly clamors or at least to see them for what they are so that i can not just want god with me today 
and not just need God with me today, but really, truly want God with me today. Um, and one of the things for me that is, is just doing, always doing the most difficult thing or the thing I least want to do um, seems to open the door. And for me, that was waking up early and getting on on here and being willing to listen and to share and be a part of this. So um, thank you, everyone. I'm so glad to be here. Have a beautiful, recovered, blessed day. And I'm available for outreach. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Martha. Thank you for sharing. Uh, next up is Victoria W. Good morning, Victoria. Hi. Good morning, uh, Melissa. This is Victoria W. Recovered in Houston. Um, I am just so overcome by this paragraph today. Really thankful for everybody's service um, and making this meeting happen. I, When I think about the God of my childhood and the moments that I felt God, I, I felt God in my church, but when I was growing up, I just, something slipped away. Something didn't make sense to me anymore. And part of that was my stubbornness and my wanting to control everything. But when coming into the program, I thought about, you know, what what could my higher power have in common? And I noticed that the times when I was growing up that I felt God, I found it in music. I felt God in helping others. Um, and still today in my program, when I hear a song that moves me, I share it with other other fellows or I listen to it um, to calm myself or to meditate on. I love that I get to do service and help others, you know, in this program as well. But what I really wanted to share on was that um, really early into the program or really early in coming into OA, I hadn't really, um, you know, I was still learning about step one with my sponsor. I went to Nicaragua on a backpacking trip and I knew that I felt God in nature and this trip really solidified it for me. Now, it does, I don't have to go to Nicaragua to find God every time, thank goodness, but I realized, you know, Victoria, would I go out into the jungle by myself and try to survive there or try to find my way? No, I would hire a guide. I would hire a manager. And it doesn't mean that I'm stupid or I'm useless or I'm worthless. It means that this is, this is unfamiliar terrain and I need to hire somebody. I need to rely on somebody who knows this better than me. And how can I know the universe, right? My higher power knows where I need to go, and I just have to keep walking. I just have to keep hiking and let them be my guide. Um, and then something else happened where I was at the base of a volcano thinking, wow, you created all this, and you still want to help me be relieved of the food? And I was asking it in a sarcastic way, but I heard a whisper come back to me and say, yes. Yes, I made all this, and I still want to help you. Um, and I was a little worried because I was like, okay, now I'm hearing things, but it really was so pivotal. And it wasn't the last time that I, that I ate, but a few days later was the last time that I ate, um, was in the food and something felt completely different. And I really owe this experience to why I'm able to continue today. Um, so I just wanted to share that with everybody and thank you so much for all of your shares and making this meeting something that I can start my day with. Thanks. I'll pass. Well, thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. Wow. Perfect timing. Um, so thank you for everyone who shared. 
please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today's meeting, Friday, October 23rd, 7 a.m. meeting, was 15610. That's 15610. And I think I might have forgotten to mention the... Um, that our newcomer greeter, I know we're not up to it, but it's going to be Jason K. and the host is Ross M. I think I left that out when I was going through the list. So um, I want to thank everybody for sharing. We're now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Susan H., please read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. I'd be happy to read this. And I love it. <laughs> I'm Susan H., a recovery compulsive overreader in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.